On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tanish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Welcome to the Aviva Stadium where Leinster have got their revenge result against Munster. They beat them uh, 21 points to 16 here at the Aviva Stadium this evening. Rory O'Connor and Keane Tracy are here. Lads, we're very cosy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, we're a long way from, long way from <laughs> the sun, sunshine in France now. It does. Uh, we feel like we're back on terra firma and the, a couple of the Ireland lads have been tearing strips out of each other for the last 80 minutes so uh, great game what do you make of that yeah, yeah was, great game yeah. like a really good high quality like look there was errors there were things that both teams will be annoyed about and, and Leinster I think will be almost more frustrated than Munster in many ways but in terms of a spectacle in terms of like bang for your buck for the 49 odd thousand who were here um, like a serious quality game and a number of players who took their opportunity as well in front of Andy Farrell so that's going to be a big talking point in the aftermath and both two teams who are motoring very well like Munster won't lose any heart I think from giving Leinster a right good go here and two weeks out from Europe they're both in a really good place yeah I, I agree I, they won't lose they won't lose heart for sure but I think they'll be really really frustrated when they look back um, particularly in, in the review um, I thought Leinster were there for the taking I mean I know they were kind of um, the kind of the amount of errors they made were obviously so uncharacteristic but when you get Leinster on such a rare I mean I'm kind of reluctant to call it an off night but they're, by their own high standards they were very sloppy and I think when Munster look back in it they will be really frustrated um, by some of the tries that they conceded Jordan Larmer's try like I mean really well finished by Larmer but just way too soft from a Munster point of view and Munster had done so much well, you know, throughout the game. They stuck in there. I mean, the try that they scored early on was, I mean, absolutely sensational. Cracking team try. Like, that's going to be a try of the season uh, contender. I mean, Simon Zebo rolling back the years, um, who I thought was very good, but he won't want to see a replay of Larmer's try himself and Shane Daly. Um, like I said, it was just too soft. Um, but like Rod said, like Munster, I don't think will be too downhearted about it. They ran what, like it was 15, like all 15 Leinster players were Ireland internationals. It wasn't Jordan Larmer the only one who wasn't at the, the World Cups I mean that's the kind of calibre you're talking about Munster obviously missing a couple of key guys but I thought they fronted up really well uh, you mentioned it there a couple of guys who did their reputation no harm at all 
I thought John Hodden it was probably at the front of that. Um, as Rudd said, Andy Farrell was here watching on. I, I think he'd had to have been seriously impressed. I think he ran out of steam just after the hour, and that was probably why he came off. I think he made 14 tackles in the end, but it was the quality of the tackles that he made. He was a willing ball carrier all night. So, I mean, he did, certainly did his um, reputation no harm at all. I, did, I just think that Munster when they look at this in the cold light of the day, they will be frustrated because there was an opportunity here and they missed that opportunity. But they can bring back Peter Amani, Orgy Snyman, Mike Haley, like Alex Nankaville. Of their starting, say, team, if they were playing in a knockout game, if they were all fit, they have more to bring back. James Lowe was really the only Leinster starter who wasn't playing today. And I thought Leinster were were incredibly sloppy and if they played that way in like the thing about Leinster is we don't get to judge them really until the tail end of the season but they need a they need to develop a more ruthless streak with ball in hand I mean it's it they, they, they attacked in volume and they had a lot of ball in the 22 and they got enough scores to win the game and they, they deserve credit for that but the amount of times they got into the 22 and butchered chances knocked the ball on Ireland International spinning balls in contact now they're under pressure and Tyburn had a big game in defence at times um, so they'll be really frustrated that Munster will be frustrated that they had Leinster where they wanted them and then Tyburn threw an offload that he'd never throw normally and Gibson Park gets a freebie at a time where Leinster were growing more and more um, complacent, or sorry, complacent, more frustrated with what was going on. So there's, both teams will have their frustrations, but at the same time, Leinster will look at it and go, well, if we get into the 22 that often against any team, we're going to score more if we just make a couple of tweaks and a couple of improvements and look off after the ball better. Conversely, Munster will look at it and go, right, we get a few bodies back. We play, we've just stayed with basically Ireland for 80 minutes. Um, we were in with a shout of winning it at, you know, in the last five minutes. Conor Murray tiptoeing down the left, the left wing. And like Leinster had to defend. And Caelan Doris came up with a couple of big plays, as big players do. So um, it's a night where they both have frustrations. But I think in the long term, across the season, I don't think Leinster did enough. To, well, they, they were in the right areas to get a winning bonus point. But I think a five-point defeat, Munster got back with a, a losing bonus and Leinster didn't do enough to get the winning bonus. It's a fair reflection on where they're both at at the moment. But they looked shook, didn't they? After Craig Casey scored their opening try after five minutes, they, Munster could have got another only mm. for um, Stephen Archer, which would have been sweet for him on the night of becoming Munster's all-time uh, record uh, caps uh, uh, holder. Um, but they look shook with the Munster. We probably won't see Leinster players make those amount, that amount of mistakes yeah, I thought, again. I thought the defence I mean, Ninaber, I, I don't think he was here. We still, they, they won't tell us when he's coming. It's really weird. Um, they Do you think ne- they know I, when he's coming? It's very, it's very strange. They need to come it's, back it's from the Sun Lounge yeah. It's very stage. unusual. I don't think he's on, I think he's got SARU commitments, but I mean, he's down in the programme as Leinster's senior coach and he's not here. And look, Sean O'Brien is, is, is a highly regarded you know, we all know how good, how smart he is, and he's been running the defence. But I thought the way they were carved open in, in that, that that sequence, and I thought that Gary Ringrose, we talked myself and Luke talked about this on the podcast on Thursday. Like again, he made a really bad defensive read. You know, Henshaw didn't get to. I can't remember who released the, the pass, but it was a lovely, really well constructed try. But Ringrose makes an error. He gets he slips off Jack Crowley, makes another missed tackle later on. That's something I want to see. What Nina about makes of all of this because I think Leinster's defence like it was brilliant in the second half when they needed it to be but in that moment they got torn asunder and Larishel and Ronald Garrow will have watched that and taken something from it look Henshaw's been out for a while he hasn't played with Ringrose for, for, for a while and we're still seeing these players find their way but the senior coach not being here surely is a bit of an issue and like they need to get him in and he needs to get his ideas in and like another thing I thought was very strange is they picked the 6-2 bench and didn't bring in J- on James Colhan until um, the 80, 81st minute now look Jack Conan got man in a match and I thought Caelan Doris was definitely in the frame if not the best player on the pitch so maybe just there was no one to bring off but at the same time like you, 
Leinster don't use their bench well enough, I think, in these in the big games at the end of the season. They don't weaponize what they have. Why pick six forwards in the bench and then leave one in the stance? Albeit a very inexperienced player, but he's picked for a reason to have an impact. And Ahead he of come the on. likes of Ryan Baird, I mean Jason Jenkins, some really like experienced guys, and I agree with you. I mean, if you're if you're going to be picking a young guy, then surely he has to play because like you look at the quality that Leinster have left. It's out. the thing that you've talked about a couple of times, Keen. Like, why is Andrew Porter playing seventy two minutes in a regular season URC game? I mean, that is a recipe in my book for disaster. He was excellent. He's a, he's an incredibly fit player. But both Leinster and Ireland need him to be doing the same things he was doing here in May, June, July, and. You know, Jack Boyle was picked on the bench, and Jack Boyle did well when he came on, but he only came on after 72 minutes. This is hypercritical stuff, but this is where Leinster need to be if they're going to get over the line in a couple of months' time. I don't think they should be satisfied with what the, what they produced out there. Uh, Keen, one of the big talking points as well coming into this game was who was going to put their case forward uh, even more for the Ireland starting 10 jersey. We didn't quite get that showdown between Jack Crowley and Ross Byrne. Obviously, Ross had to go back, had to go off after making that tackle on Craig Casey during that try. I think it's kind of, it was an elbow kind of mm. arm I saw yeah, him kind of ice. W- yeah. with, with ice. But Kieran Frawley very impressive tonight yeah he looked really as was good. Jack Crowley yeah I, th- I actually thought both of them I'm glad you mentioned Jack Hardy as well I thought mm-hmm. both of them were, were really really good we'll start with Kieran Frawley I mean it's something you mentioned Luke there Luke has been banging on about this for the last couple of years that this guy should be getting more game time at 10 and I thought we saw exactly why that was the case he just has this like brilliant sense of I think timing on the ball he brings lovely shape to Leinster's attack he ma- made a, a cracking break there in the second half and he he reads the game well. I mean, you, you you see why he is so versatile because he is such an accomplished footballer, but he was very confident in everything I thought he did. He's a big guy in the defensive line as well, which really helps. And um, I thought Jack Crowley on the other side was really impressive as well. I mean, the touchline conversion that he nailed from... Craig Casey's try would have, I suppose, settled any nerves, but the guy just doesn't really look like he's ever ever that nervous. You think he kicked uh, one out in the full, which he'll obviously be frustrated with, but he, he doesn't get phased by making mistakes at all. I mean, he came up with an absolutely brilliant breakdown turnover here in the second half, which was crucial. And I mean, um, Roger did a really good interview with him in today's paper and online. I mean, he talks about kind of relishing that the physical stuff and there's definitely a bit of Johnny Sexton in him um, from that regard. So I thought he did really well. I thought Munster's attack like did fire in a couple of occasions. You mentioned the one Sinead just after the early try. I think they'll, they'll be got it they didn't score from that and Crowley was the one kind of with beautiful shape that occasion Zebo was involved as well so they're the kind of moments I think that they look back on but in terms of two young guys going head to head it wasn't the the kind of head to head that we were expecting much of the frustration of Ross Byrne but Kieran Frawley's performance I think is certainly makes it a live conversation again that this guy deserves to be playing should certainly start in the sports ground next week yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, I think he will, I think yeah. he's now like if Harry Byrne is, is picked in two, say Ross Byrne is out for four or five weeks and Harry Byrne is, is fast-tracked ahead of Kieran Frawley I think it's, that would be deeply unfair on Kieran Frawley who has just shown in front of 49,000 people that he is a very good out half Andy Farrell believes it you know if things had broken a bit a bit differently for him if he'd been fit this time last year for the emerging, he, didn't, yeah, the emerging, the emerging Ireland out that, then the yeah. November internationals yeah. Crowley got his opportunity Crowley and Byrne went to the World Cup Ross Byrne got his opportunity here almost exactly a year ago when he nailed that penalty against um, Australia I think Frawley the reason Lucas Earl is so frustrated about it is because he can see what we saw today and maybe this is the moment we, we t- talk about sliding doors moments for players and Ross Burns one was that Australia game cruel on him but I'd say he was a worried man watching I saw him con- consulting Harry on the big screen at one stage it wasn't a great night for either of them Harry didn't make the 23 I look I think Sam Prendergast is still a little bit off in terms of making the Leinster first team and that sort of thing I think this, this is more of a development season for him Frawley looked every inch 
a top class out half out there and so did Crowley it was a really good night for both of them I remember at one stage seeing Frawley roar at Jordan Larmer on the wing when they had advantage because he, he wasn't making the most out, of, out on the wing It just he was just really commanding, vocal commanding, yeah, really yeah. commanding wasn't you, you'd, you'd like to be a fly on the wall in kind of the Leinster coach's room because clearly Leo Cullen I don't necessarily if it's like that he sees something that we don't I think it's because he has other options at 10 that he wants to use Frawley in these different positions but we sat down with Kieran Frawley the week of the second game against the Maoris or not the yeah the Maoris last summer in New Zealand and like word for word he said you know I don't want to be known as a jack of all trades where what are we 18 months on since that and he still is known as the jack of all trades he is coming to a stage in his career now. where yeah and he does want to he does want to play 10 and tonight showed why he can and I agree with you Rod I think next week at the sports ground would be an ideal time for him to run not just the game but run the whole week next week then you're leading into La Rochelle obviously a lot will depend on the severity of Ross Byrne's injury because I think if Ross Byrne is fit then he will start in that La Rochelle game but if Kieran Frawley does start next weekend at sports ground and goes well then he makes a compelling start to, to, a case to start against La Rochelle and you would imagine that sure Lancaster had, had, has had a massive influence in that pecking order over the last couple of years and there is as we've already alluded to a very fresh set of eyes coming in a man who has no ties to any of these players Who's, who's seeing them all for the first time and will make big decisions around who, who goes there because you know the senior coach will have a big influence into pick, picking the 10 so um, like Frawley does great work in defence as well He's you know he, that time he spent in the centre was, was very important I spoke to Jack Crowley about the fact that he, he has played 9 in school he's played 12, 15 it helps him see the picture Frawley the benefit of the versatility he's shown the fact that he's been bumped around is that he knows all of those roles I think Neil Albert would have been really impressed with what he brought tonight and he might force the issue on Frawley's behalf in the next couple of weeks as he gets involved in those selection meetings so that's it's a very timely time to have a big game for Leinster What would be the takeaway so from Munster um, I mean we saw their interplay for that opening try uh, Craig Casey started off by Shane Daly and his brilliant catch in the back and the fresh and the uh, Zebo showing his pace um, what will they take from tonight's game? I think they'll take that the gap has closed with Leinster I mean if you were to look at this game on paper Leinster should have won certainly by more than what they did and I know Munster well, that's what we URC. thought yesterday when we saw their team. And I think that's fair enough. I mean, that's not being disrespectful to Munster as the URC champions, but the Leinster team that they beat here last year in the semi-final wasn't the fully locked and loaded Leinster team yet. It was tonight and Munster weren't the ones who were fully stacked. So I think they'll they'll take huge confidence. I don't think they'll be massively deterred from the fact that they came up here and they lost. They, it was crucial that they got the losing bonus point. And Ty Byrne cost his side a try with that loose offload, but he made up for it at the Great very defense, end there yeah. with the yeah. breakdown turnover. I think it was on Jack Conan, as it looked like Leinster were certainly going to score a try. So uh, that was a huge moment. And come the end of the season, like I mean, that point could be really crucial. And I think it would have been desperately unfair um, on Munster if they had come away from here empty-handed because like I said I think when they reflect on this and look at the review they'll feel like they could have won this game and they have very very good players coming through I mean we kind of knew it but as we made those predictions yesterday and as we looked at the teams on paper you're looking at reputations and I think Tom, Tom Ahern enhanced his reputation tonight. John Hodlett enhanced his reputation tonight. Um, what did you think of Tom Ahern as a six? It was like interesting, I liked it, wasn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, he, 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 I, I, it was interesting that, you know, we kind of all would have expected, I think, either Ahern or a dog boat to start in the second row and Tyke Byrne to move. Mm. But they obviously want Byrne's scrummaging experience as well. I thought John Klein was very good, yeah, quietly effective was, yeah. once again, threw himself around. He had a good, you pointed it out to me, but he had a good, uh, he, he hurled Joe McCarthy, who again was outstanding, Excellent. but he hurled him out of a ruck backwards at one stage when he was messing things about. Like, there was a lot of players played very well like a young, young fella the fullback called Zebo was, was pretty good as well you know like 
I mean, Zico hasn't, hasn't played since March. And, and yeah. I mean, the fact, I've always felt fullback was his best position. Mm. I love the way he distributes. He ran out of steam. He got cramped just before the try. His, his attempt to tackle was po- was poor. He should have so been taken off Daly. Probably, yeah. Daly played. I thought Calvin Nash was very good. There are players. I mean, there. Rory's kind of come up with a good, a good couple of moments. Although he, you know, he got Simbin at one stage. I think Nankavell would have made a difference for him. He's already a big presence for them in their midfield. A player that not a lot of people know a lot about just yet, but I think he's going to be a big presence for them. So as I said earlier, I think they've got more room to him. Well. Leinster have performance room to improve in terms of personnel. Munster have a huge room to improve, and there's nothing to fear for them in Europe this year. Bayonne, first time back in the, Heine- in the Heineken Cup, or sorry, the best Champions well. Cup for a long time, yep. coming to Tolmond. Top 14 is their priority. Exeter Chiefs in a rebuild phase at the moment. They should be through by Christmas. You know, this is a season full of promise for this Munster group. And be no no surprise to see these two teams at the business meet at the business end of both tournaments later on. Because I think, while I don't still think Munster have a bit of distance to go. Although Ali Yeager helps in their tight five gaps in terms of Europe or the Champions Cup as it is, is now, I think they're definitely contenders for this URC. They just need to get that. If they produce that level against most other teams, they'll win games. Because this, Is this the dirty diesel gone now for Leinster, do you think? Obviously, their way to uh, connect to the sports ground. And then, of course, we know what comes after that when they go to La Rochelle. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they can say that it is. But I mean, some of the opportunities that they passed up are pretty inexcusable for players of this quality. I mean, some of the handling errors, I mean, and a lot of it was actually caused by poor passing as well. Guys, you just don't expect it. So, I mean, you might give them a bit of a pass from tonight, f- tonight but I mean, going forward, going to La Rochelle, they cannot afford to, to, to be a sloppy. And like that La Rochelle game is obviously massive. Like if they were to lose to La Rochelle again, like the psychological, I think, blow that that will give them. OK, it's not going to be a final on the flip side. If they win, it will be a big boost. But there are questions, I think, hanging over this Leinster team. We saw Johnny Sexton being paraded around um before the game a really lovely moment out with his son that was son my Luca. first experience as well of the Mike McCarthy rallying oh god that was yeah not a fan not a fan I'm gonna the, the Viking clap I enjoyed it I, it, I, enjoyed it. I, I, I was in the RDS going. last week and like this is a different this is a difficult place to warm up because a, a substantial well. amount of people are here not yeah. to support Leinster so they're not going to get involved but the RDS it worked a bit better last week but it's it's still I think I have my, I'd have questions <laughs> over it but look they're trying Yes. and I thought the atmosphere was a bit subdued in the first half mm. it, it built to a bit of a crescendo in the end and the rugby did the talking I mean compared to Bo Keane and myself were here for the FA, FAI Cup final a couple of weeks ago I mean Jesus. in terms of Surprise atmosphere you're it's a up. difference I know it's bad memory for me as a Bose fan but, but in terms of atmosphere there's still a long way to go in terms of building and even what Terran you're abroad I mean the provinces the provincial fan bases need to I think get there they can do better in terms of generating atmosphere at these games they shouldn't need Mike McCarthy coming out there to do it but look Leinster are trying to get more of a hostile environment going and it, it became not, came naturally in the second half but um like it's yeah, sorry. I thought it might be kind of thing just throw me off. Whatever the original point was, <laughs> it was but bizarre. I, like the, the 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 speech that he gave before the the Viking cap was like. Did actually, he do the Devon Toner joke? Yeah, he does that he every did week. Yeah, yeah. Toner, I got an yeah, yeah. Look, we were, talk, we were talking like, Leinster. He, he started doing cat's tumbles then as well with Leo yeah. the Lion. Uh, it was look, all just uh, it's, it's full on stuff. for effort, you know. But um, so we were starting to talk about Leinster, wasn't it? And look, I was at the Scarlets game last week, and they, they had all the internationals back, and Scarlets didn't bring a great team over. I wasn't overly impressed by them, even though they scored 54 points. They went missing in the middle of the game. They kind of scored heavily at the start. They finished very strong. Um, but they kind of gave away penalties. Even Gibson Park giving away a penalty for not giving the ball back. Little things that you just, you know, we didn't see them doing when they were playing for Ireland at the World Cup. I, they're in a bit of a holding pattern, I think, because the, the, the senior coach, as we kind of mentioned a couple of times, hasn't arrived yet, which is kind of a weird place. And also, we're always in a holding pattern when we judge Leinster because we know that we really won't see... What like they'll get through Europe, like even with La Rochelle, they they have they've tougher games because they didn't win the URC last year. Munster have a much better draw, but they should 
negotiate their way through that and we'll know a lot more about them but they still have players like Caelan Doris who can come in and make two big plays when the game's in the balance um, and McCarthy and players coming through and like they'll probably rotate for Connacht next week and they're bringing in Ryan Baird and Jason Jenkins as, as Keane mentioned and you know they have incredible talent and maybe they've figured out that they don't need to be hitting their straps in, in the first half of the season that it's all about timing it but I'm not sure. I think they'll be pretty frustrated with their night. And I think Munster, when they call on the cold, they'll be disappointed going home. But the cold out of the day when they review that game, I think they'll have a little bit more to be pleased about in a, in a kind of a weird way, even though they don't have the bragging rights. Okay. All right. Well, Roy and Keen, that is it from us. And thank you for being here. This is our new normal now, lads. You know, know cozying up beside that. each other. Take us back to France. <laughs> I'm back in La Rochelle in two weeks, but it won't be the same. Okay. Uh, Will and Luke will be back next week. Thanks for listening.